Thank you, Roshi. And so it's such a, a strange experience to talk to people that you can't see. But this is the new world. Um, I thought today I'd talk a bit about the six paramitas. Um, it's an unusual topic in Zen to talk about the paramitas. It's done occasionally, but usually, usually um, not in this sort of setting. Um, the word paramita is an interesting word. Um, it's often translated as uh, perfection, as in the six perfections. Um, you might also think of it in terms of um, virtue. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me. My understanding is that the word actually means um, the other shore as in um, nirvana. You can think of it as the paramitas are a raft to get to the other shore. Or you can think of it as the paramitas are the natural expression of the actions of one who abides on the other shore, the natural actions of a bodhisattva or a Buddha. No need to think about them at all. For those of you who are not familiar with or don't remember offhand what the paramitas are, um, we, in the Mahayana tradition, usually talk about six paramitas, and they are dana, or generosity, sila, or ethical discipline, or morality, kashanti, which can be translated as patience or perseverance, Virya, which can be translated as diligence uh, or application to the Dharma, application to practice. Jnana, which is uh, translated as uh, Zen or meditation. And Prajna, which is translated as wisdom. So those are the six. Um, of the six, perhaps the most important is dana. Um, there's a, a Chinese master named Hui Hai, um, not in our lineage, 
who um, was asked about the means for entering Zen. And he said, the principal means of entering Zen is by Dana Paramita. And his disciple said, well, according to the Buddha, the Bodhisattva path comprises six paramitas. Why then have you mentioned only the one? Please explain why this one alone provides a sufficient means for us to enter. He answered, deluded people fail to understand that the other five all proceed from the Dana Paramita and that by its practice, all the others are fulfilled. Why is it called a Dana Paramita? Dana means relinquishment. Relinquishment of what? Relinquishment of the dualism of opposites, which means it means total relinquishment of ideas as to the dual nature of good and bad, being and non-being, love and aversion, void and non-void, concentration and distraction, pure and impure. By giving all of them up, we attain to a state in which all opposites are seen as void, empty. The real practice of the Dana Paramita entails achieving the state without any thought of now I see that opposites are void or now I have relinquished all of them. We may also call it the simultaneous cutting off of the myriad types of concurrent causes. For it is when these are cut off that the whole Dharma nature becomes void. And this voidness of the Dharma nature means the non-dwelling of the mind upon anything whatsoever. So that's one interpretation. I like to think of the paramitas as a way of understanding our true nature. And each of the paramitas, if you look into them, you contemplate them, is just a mirror into our true nature. Dana, generosity, the blurring of distinctions, the blurring of lines separating me from you, real from unreal, dream from waking. Generosity, emptying yourself in order to realize the emptiness of everything. 
to realize the fullness of everything, the suchness of everything. As long as you are holding on to whatever opinion you have about things, to whatever prejudices you have, to whatever concepts you have, as long as you're holding on to material things, you're cutting yourself off from things. Everything you own, owns you. Dana is also the sharing of all that you have. Sharing of material wealth. Sharing of your understanding. Sharing of your love and concern. Sharing your heart. Sharing your weakness. Sharing your stupidity. Bearing it all. Letting it all just be out there. Trusting that it is all just a manifestation of your particular moment of Buddhahood. Another way of looking at the paramitas, you can think of them as the antidotes to the three poisons. The poison of grasping or greed, which consists of wanting to hold on to whatever it is you have, whether that's your ideas about the world, your ideas about yourself, your material possessions, whatever. And the antidote to that aspect of grasping is generosity, giving it all away, emptying yourself of it. The other side of grasping is wanting what you don't have, taking from others what you don't have. And the antidote to that side of this particular poison is ethical discipline or morality, practicing the precepts, not taking life, not taking what is not freely offered to you, not taking improper 
sexual activity. Not taking drugs that will confuse you. So we have two antidotes to the poison of grasping, greed. The second poison, aversion, which has the form of anger or fear, which are two sides of the same coin. Anger, lashing out, smashing, hurting. And the antidote to anger is patience, forbearance, kashanti. Learning to be patient with others, learning to be patient with yourself, learning to be patient with the fear and anxiety that you may be experiencing, learning to be patient with the rage that wells up in you from time to time. Being patient, not acting out from this fear and anger, not manifesting a reaction to it, but watching it and being with it and being patient with it. Knowing that all things pass, knowing that all things are to be learned from, to be embraced without identifying with them. So that's patience. And the other antidote to grasping is diligence. When you find yourself wanting to run away from the things that perplex you, that make your life difficult, to make your practice difficult, to make it difficult to be with others in a loving way. Diligence, perseverance, application, that is the antidote to fear and avoidance. And finally, the poison of delusion or ignorance, the delusion of not seeing things clearly as they are, or seeing things in a way that really they are not, imagining, 
daydreaming, confusing your notions of reality for reality itself. And the antidote for this particular poison are the final two paramitas. Jhana, meditation, zazen, and prajna, wisdom. Which brings us full circle back to what we high said about dana. Dana is relinquishing all your ideas of separation, relinquishing the notion of an separated individual ego entity. And that's prajna. You don't have to go out of your way to practice the paramitas. If you are practicing zazen, if you are practicing whatever practice opens your heart and opens your mind, if you're applying yourself to this practice diligently, If in the course of opening your heart and opening your mind, you experience pain and suffering, you experience uncertainty and doubt, you experience dullness, deadness. This is not because there's something wrong with you. It's because that's the way things are at this particular moment. But by practicing Zazen, you will express all of the paramitas. You will express generosity, opening your heart and opening your mind for the benefit of all beings. You will express ethical discipline. You will express patience diligence, concentration, meditation, you will express prajna. All of these things are a natural byproduct of Zazen. 
and not just zazen. They're a natural byproduct of your nature as a bodhisattva, as someone who is involved in dharma activity. Another way of looking at the paramitas, when you are practicing zazen, when you're in session, and you encounter difficulties, pain, wandering mind, reluctance, just wanting to quit, when you experience any of these things, if you think in terms of the paramitas and reflect on them, they can serve as a means of relieving all of your difficulties. Just connecting with the spirit of each of the paramitas as difficulties arise. And we practice not so that we can become good at meditation, we practice so that the mind of samadhi, the mind of prajna, the mind of zazen becomes our default mode, becomes our means of relating to the world. So that the paramitas become the natural expression of our being in the world. I really wish I could see all of your faces right now. To share with you in that special way that is achieved through sight. I wish I could hear all of you right now to share with you in the special way that is achieved by sound. But I'm very happy that all of you have had a chance to be with me in this manner that has been made possible through this strange and wonderful technology. And I hope that the joy of Zazen, the joy of practice, the joy of the other shore of the Paramitas 
will be your joy. That it will be with you, always in your heart and always in your mind. <clears throat> 